0: The blaze radio network on demand love courage truth glenn beck it's 1989
1: a crowd has gathered around a mystic who claims she can see the future the crowd is silent. All you can hear is the plastic rattle of the woman's bracelets and beads as she gyrates her hands around a crystal ball. In a feather boa headdress, she concentrates her attention, face contorting, her eyes closed. Focus, she says. Heel clicking slippers that came with an Aladdin costume. The bulbous necked lady scatters some glittery dirt around the ancient table. Stopping halfway to pull another handful out of a purple, satiny, crown royal satchel with a gold-painted drawstring. Suddenly, she gasps.
0: "'I...
1: I see a
0: spirit.' The crowd, even quieter now. "'He's talking to me. "'You have... you have come from the future with... with startling news?' Concentrate, focus. O.J. Simpson. He'll become a murderer. Bruce Jenner will become the world's first conservative feminist. Michael Jackson. He'll turn into a frail white woman who wanders a circus-like home with chimpanzees and Macaulay Culkin. And i see i see pudding i see pudding pops i i see prison bars I mean,
1: Bill Cosby he will go to prison the room immediately bursts into laughter too unbelievable <laughs> Bill Cosby in prison America's father intelligent funny he's trustworthy he's America's dad. He warmly invited us into his home, and we invited him into ours. He's an inspiration to everyone, but especially young black children who were able to see a version of themselves that had never existed on TV. The Huxtable family is an emblem of achievement. Teachers followed and showed Fat Albert and the Cosby kids in class. Ridiculous. I'm telling you, the spirits are telling me. Apparently for years it was another open secret in hollywood what a surprise that cosby had a darker side but strangely cosby's downfall began at a comedy show with a joke google bill cosby rapist he told the audience there's more results than hannibal you know the rest women stepped forward in droves 58 of them Their stories were horrifying and and hard to believe the allegations spread across decades but he denied them but they kept mounting some of them were all too old to take to court but a handful were not and as cosby dodged his lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit the cosby accusations sparked a social movement that continued to capsize every industry and yesterday Bill Cosby uh,
0: went where I see it. went to prison.
1: Frail and slumping, now 80 years old, he gripped whomever was beside him as he walked into his room. He faced three counts of aggravated, indecent assault for drugging and sexually assaulting. Andrea Constant in 2004 Cosby faces 10 years now but will remain on bail until sentencing guilty his downfall became official yesterday then as if that weren't enough disgrace Cosby got nasty he's always prided himself as the stand-up comedian who doesn't curse he urged kids to speak well and be respectable When District Attorney Kevin Steele asked the judge to revoke the $1 million bail, calling him a flight risk, he stood up in court and he says, He doesn't have a private plane, you a-hole. And apparently the way his face looked, full of nasty rage, was startling. How is this the same man who made funny faces when kids said the darndest things? How is this the same man that we watched... How is this the same man that had been given enough honorary degrees to fill a museum? How is this the guy that made the jazz album? A man so wholesome that he could make all of us feel good about eating pudding. Well actually that probably wasn't that hard. But that man is gone now. The spirits
0: tell me it was only a character. A disguise for a guyful monster. It's Friday, April 27th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Do you remember when I used to say you won't recognize your country? I didn't think Bill Cosby was part of that, but apparently now so is Tom Brokaw. What is happening? Yesterday let's say hello to Stu. Hello, Stu, our executive producer. Uh yesterday the um uh, the news came out about Bill Cosby uh going to going to jail and and uh, one of the reporters asked, How much how much does the Me Too movement play a role in the verdict? still
2: yeah this is a disturbing interesting question because i think we all understand first of all if bill cosby is guilty of these things it's great that he's in prison mm-hmm. um we're very happy about that it's interesting that his you know sort of uh, prosecution here was made sort of a, as a campaign promise i will go after bill cosby if elected and now he has you know now he's gone after him and now here we go uh, bill Cosby's going to prison and I think he did my guess is right like I and mean, we don't know but my guess is he did do these things What's I thought interesting about that question though in particular because it was asked all over the place what impact did the me too movement have on this verdict they already tried this case and there was a mistrial they went back to the court and got multiple uh, additional witnesses so initially obviously typically you're they're thinking well this is about this case this guy with this woman why do we want additional accusers last time they let one additional accuser testify this time i think it was five so they got extra accusers in there and now they got the the verdict that they wanted um but and one of them
1: is is one of them now being pursued for uh for perjury uh, See if i can find this yeah uh, Steele also raised the possibility that marguerite Margot jackson the defense's star witness oh may be investigated for perjury after the prosecution strongly implied her statement uh, had been created and coached out of her by defense counsel. Hmm. So it's it's actually somebody on his side. Hmm. The issue here, though, is it,
2: the Me Too movement is an interesting part of this because that was the, the talk afterwards, the analysis. What did the Me Too movement have to do? Before this last trial, they didn't get this verdict. Then the Me Too movement happens, and then they get the verdict. Well... That should have absolutely nothing to do with this trial. Nothing. This is a a trial is about whether one person did something to someone else. It's not about whether guys in general are bad. It's not about whether Harvey Weinstein did a bunch of terrible things to people. It's about Bill Cosby. Now, look, looking at the evidence, I think. It's probably right that he's going to prison for this. It certainly seems like there's an incredible amount of evidence. But the idea that attitudes generally change in society should have no effect on a man's innocence or guilt. The the it is a supposed to be a really cold transaction, right? Mm-hmm. You go to court mm-hmm. and there's a very sober look at facts. And then afterwards, you come up with a verdict of whether one person, Bill Cosby, did this terrible thing to one other person. Not whether, you know, Louis C.K. did something and whether, uh, you know, name the actor or actress you want to, uh, actor or producer you want to put into this. The bottom line is like, if that is true, that that had an effect on this trial, he didn't get justice. I think he probably did do it. But again, you don't try these things in the court of public opinion. It's supposed to be a cold,
1: sober transaction. I'm worried about whether it was or not. So here is, here's the next piece of news. Tom Brokaw. Apparently, uh, an NBC correspondent says that Tom Brokaw made unwanted advances toward, uh, toward her two decades ago, groping and trying to forcibly kiss her. Linda Vester, who covered the Middle East and Africa for NBC, later joined Fox News, was in her 20s, the time that she says Brokaw made the advances. He's now 78. He said, I met with Linda Vester on two occasions, both at her request, 23 years ago because she wanted advice with respect to her career at NBC. The meetings were brief, cordial, and appropriate, and despite Linda's allegations, I made no romantic overtures toward her at that time or any other. She said... While I was standing there in the Denver Bureau with my back to the door, from behind me, out of nowhere, Tom Brokaw walked up, put his hands on my waist, and tickled me uh, up and down my waist. It was physically unpleasant and humiliating. I jumped a foot and looked at the editor of the nightly news in the eye. He looked back, and his jaw had dropped. No one did a thing. There was nothing I could do or say because I was so low on the totem pole. Okay, inappropriate, absolutely inappropriate, but he tickled you in front of people, is that worth, is that part of the Me Too thing?
2: Public tickling? Yes. I I hadn't heard that before, but I mean, you know, you're right, it's an inappropriate touch if it happened, he
1: says it didn't happen um and of course okay, then, how would anyone know okay there's ago? more mm-hmm. there's more but i just want to take this piece by piece Either. i barely knew him i didn't work for his broadcast but when the most powerful man of the network sends you a computer message you answer him uh according to variety uh she's speaking out because she believes her s- story sheds light uh on the culture of nbc news well wait a minute what what wait, wait a minute wait a minute what I felt trapped. It was, in, uh, okay, she described another incident in New York when Brokaw insisted on visiting her in her hotel room and then twice tried to kiss her. Okay, well, that's, that's again, uh, inappropriate. Uh, you know, trying to kiss in the, the hotel room, uh, you know, unwanted, not, not a good idea.
2: Uh, no, um, I would I would agree. Again, she, if she felt that way, and we weren't there, we have no idea. Taking just though on those on the on the accusations, uh, or at least that you've just outlined, they seem obviously probably not a good idea, especially for someone who's powerful at a network to do something like that. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But again, if you know, th- there ha- a, a kiss has to have a consent, right? That that consent is almost always implied and not verbal right very rarely in your life do you say excuse me madam might i kiss you and that person says of course you may like that's not typically how humans interact right well so, i i i did <laughs> oh you did that's all all I of your. did <laughs> that's you no
1: seriously i i i think i i i don't know if this is entirely true but i try to ask uh you know anybody i've kissed before mm. i think i always have asked the first time
2: well you're a loser um
1: and so i uh, No, i know it's and i'm not very effective i have no game no you have no game. so i'm just i'm <laughs> no. just you know
2: i but i there, there are moments i guess you, where you could do i mean i probably did it at some point um but again like typically you know right the point is you know. No, well, that's
1: why I ask, because I never know. I have no game. I ask. I get it.
2: You're getting hung up on your ne- ineptitude. That's not part of this conversation at the moment. All right, okay. I you're all hung it. up on how pathetic you are. We got it. We all know. <laughs> we are all wait. been here many, many years listening to the wait. show. we are all wait, been wait, interacting is, with you. Yes, we know you're bad. You're awful. Me? We got oh. it. All of a sudden.
0: Excuse
1: me. I'd like more, please. <laughs> Have you ever taken your car in for an oil change? The mechanic finds something wrong, and surprise, you're, hitting, you're hit with a repair bill that you didn't expect. It's happened to all of us. It happened to me recently with uh, one of my trucks. I brought it in, and it was a $5,000 repair. What? I just, no, I just, no. can't you fix the one thing that I brought it in for? I, I didn't ask you to fix that, did I? Well, uh, your car, yeah, 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 so it won't drive. But it wouldn't have cost me $5,000 either. Luckily, I had car shield. You don't have to worry about those unexpected surprises if uh, you have car shield. If your car breaks down after the warranty expires, you'd be out of pocket for thousands to get it fixed. And it's always horrifying. Now, I can stand at the counter and go, I have car shield? Oh, okay, yeah. Let me check. Yep, it's covered. Out-of-pocket nothing. Replace your engine, uh, and it'll cost you thousands. Even a sensor can cost over $1,000. There's nothing simple about today's cars, and CarShield makes the process of fixing your car simple, covered. It's covered. You're okay. Okay. You can have your favorite mechanic do it or the dealership do it. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. So if your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion and they're ready to help you. So save yourself uh, thousands in future car repairs like I just did. Call 1-800-CAR-6100. 1-800-CAR-6100. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10%. carshield.com. Promo code BECK. A deductible may apply.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Land
1: back. Well, there is so much to talk about here. The migrant caravan uh, is at our border now in Tijuana. Not a surprise. Uh, trying to get in, not to Texas. Trying to get into California. Why do people live here? I mean, <clears throat> from Los Angeles, where it's beautiful and sunny all the time. Um, so they're preparing for a mass crossing. Could be this weekend. That's fantastic news. Can't wait to talk to Bill O'Reilly today uh, because I want to talk to him about that. Tom Brokaw, also uh, Joy Reid from MSNBC. Have you have you heard the latest now? That they they have you know her excuse was I I okay I said some bad things about gay people sure I mean but it was a different time oh really and I didn't mean it I. Uh-huh. Then some more stuff comes out, and instead of just saying, "Yes, I told you, I, I had that point of view or whatever," she's now saying, "Well, somebody hacked onto my site." <laughs> no, nope, nope. Because apparently the uh, Library of Congress in 2006 archived her website, I think, along with everybody else's. And uh, shows now that apparently these hackers were th- so thorough. That they not only hacked her site, you know, so they could release this stuff now, but they also went back in time and hacked the copy in 2006 that the Library of Congress has wow
2: yeah that's a problem uh because now their claim rests on the fact that it was not hacked today when you could at least understand in theory why someone would want to ruin her career because she's a k- kind of known person on msnbc not really not and even that not, not really, really. Uh, i mean the people then, at NBC
1: are in surprise they're like who's this joy reed
2: yeah <laughs> and back then though it's like she was pr- fairly unknown even locally and someone would have had to hack with similar things that she was actually writing and admitted to, which is such a mm-hmm. weird hack, right? Like, if you're going to hack someone, you're going to do something that they wouldn't normally do. You wouldn't just continue writing in the same style with the same stuff. <laughs> uh, right. So, right. so they, had, they, they had a tech expert they hired, and they claimed there was an FBI investigation going on on this hacking. Um, and they picked six pictures that they said were uh, Altered. So screenshots, they didn't even exist on the site. Well, now people have gone back and found that they, those pictures, those excerpts did exist on the site the whole time. So they were wrong on that. There was another part where some of the, the blog posts were tagged with things like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, gay issues or something. And her claim was, well, I never did that. I never tagged anything with gay issues. And they looked back at it, and it, wasn't, it, it was a third-party site that did that. Um, without their knowledge, had nothing to do with them. But again, proves, right, that another site saw the post at the time and (laughs) tagged it gay issues. There's another, they found a comment about one of her posts on a different website at that time. These
1: hackers are very thorough. Very thorough. They're They're very thorough. Very thorough. Very thorough. All right. Um, We have a really fascinating person. Uh, who has quite the story to tell? Coming up next, how would you feel if the government just came in and said, "Oh yeah, your house is mine"?
3: Glenn, you gotta leave. Beck. Next, Mercury.
0: This is the Glenn Beck program.
1: You know, I'm, I'm very much. I'm very much focused right now on uh, talking to people who have actually witnessed firsthand history, real history. I saw a, uh, a video clip on YouTube the other day of a man who witnessed uh, the uh, the shooting of Abraham Lincoln. And it was on an old show in the 1950s called I've Got a Secret. And this old 90-year-old guy uh, stepped to the plate, and he was five years old. All he remembered was Booth jumping out of the presidential box and breaking his leg on stage. He remembered that. And it was such a fascinating thing that, you know, wow. A few years ago, I found the story of Tokyo Rose and how she was wronged and how all of history is wrong uh, wrong about her. And uh, I wish I would have talked to her because she had just died. Well, there's somebody else that has played a huge role in our country's history, not that she meant to, Uh, Her name is Suzette Kilo, the Kilo case. She is the woman who bought a little house, painted it pink, was in love with it, and the city came and said, yeah, we're going to take your house, eminent domain, because we're going to give it to this giant corporation, or we're going to build a hotel there, and they'll pay more tax money. It's an amazingly true story of a small-town paramedic that left a bad marriage buys a house paints it pink and then tries to stop it from being bulldozed by the city she loses that case but she has changed history because she stood Suzette Kilo is with us now uh she's um her story is being told in the film Little Pink House also um uh Courtney Moorhead Ballaker is with us she's the writer director and producer of the movie welcome ladies
4: Thank you for having us fun yes good morning, thank you
1: you bet Suzette i since we we reached out last week and and I saw the movie and uh I, I thought i I've got to to talk to you You've done very few interviews i've I've heard um but I've seen you speak my producers have seen you speak before. Can you just tell the story a little bit on what it felt like to have somebody knock at your door and say? We're going to take your house.
3: Well, I, I guess you could say it's, um, it's like your, your worst nightmare, right? So, you know, here we are just living in this little neighborhood, myself and my neighbors, and uh, that's exactly what happened. The, uh, the, the articles in the paper, of course, started first, so we were aware of what was going on. And then uh, as time went on, real estate agents came f- forward, uh, whether they were working independently or for New um, London Development Corporation, you know, or, or both, and, you know, saying that, you know, we'd like to buy your house, and, um, you know, do you want to sell it? So, and, and and that's pretty much what, how it came, how it, how it happened. And to say the first time is, you know, no, I'm not interested in selling it. And the second time to come back and be confronted with, if you don't sell it, you're going to lose it by eminence of me.
1: At that point, you had to have thought, because I know I would have, you can't do that. I'm not going to lose my house. Get off! Get off my lawn. This is my house, not in America. Is well, that the attitude you had?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I, you know, what, she was standing on the porch, and what, when she came in, and I asked her a similar question as to the brooch and saying, you know, the value of something that's your family heirloom, and and you know, the, she she got what I was talking about, and and then I told her, I said, "Don't come back, because if you come back, I'll throw you off the porch, and so you know, I'll throw you out. So don't come back again." I'm not interested in selling my property.
1: And when you heard the Supreme Court rule against you, what happened? What was going through your mind?
3: Well, we we as a we, we as the group knew that if they didn't uh, rule in our favor, that you know we would have to leave. But we never, in a million years, ever thought it would happen. It—it it was almost, you know I, I describe it as like everything. In the beginning, we started as a little grassroots, uh, uh, you know, group saying, you know, you know, if we, if we write this letter to the editor, perhaps all this will start, stop. Or if we, I go on this news program, we talk it'll stop. So, you know, every time that something happened that we did, the neighbor, uh, myself, and my neighbors just just prayed that the eminent domain would stop. And when and when I.J. took the case, we said, okay, now this is going to stop. It, it, but it just continued with, 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 you know, not going in our favor. And, it, and uh, again, when it went to the United States Supreme Court, with, with, we said, okay, now it's going to stop. Now it will be safe. But even then, we weren't.
1: So, So, Suzanne, when, you, when it's all said and done, I remember, I mean, there were a few, I, I think the year was 1995, that I started really questioning what... How our system even works when I saw um, O.J. Simpson uh, go free, when I saw Timothy McVeigh blow up the federal building the same year. I remember thinking, I don't know if I know my country. Mm -hmm. How do you feel today? Do you feel the same about the country as you did before?
3: Well, you know... we, we, we used to say as the group that here, here we are in this little neighborhood, we're minding our own business, we're going to work every day, we're law-abiding citizens, we're paying our taxes, we maintain our property, and that's what we said. How can they do this to us? I often referred to, when I spoke to public officials, often, often said that the wolves are out our doors. We're being threatened in our own homes. And um, so, so and, and the way... I I often uh, answer a question question like this is, we're fortunate we live in a country where we could fight, but uh, it's unbelievable that we were pushed to have to fight, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, And the fact that nobody has built anything on your property and it's still sitting now empty and unattended with zero tax dollars going into the city, how's that make you feel?
3: Well, you know, really, that's our just dessert. That's their just dessert. You know, we're, that's our victory as, as the neighbors in, the, in that neighborhood, as the people that were there. That's our victory that nothing came there. And, you know what I mean? In the sense of, look what you did, and you did it all for nothing. And, you know, and that, and that for us is our victory that it is empty. Um.
1: Uh, Courtney, you're the, the writer, the producer, and the director of this film. By the way, great job. I thought you told the story really, really well, uh, and it was, it was really well done. Well, you. When, when, you, when you saw this story, what made you think, oh, I, uh, I have to tell this story, and this is going to be something people are going to want to go see?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, two reasons, really. First of all, I was completely outraged. When I read the book, A Little Pink House, written by Jeff Benedict, it's a fantastic book that documented the entire ordeal. It was a 10-year uh, <laughs> you know, time span for Suzette and her neighbors from when she bought her house, fixed it up, painted it pink, to the time when the Supreme Court decision came out. I, I could not believe that something like this happened, that something like this was considered legal by the United States Supreme Court. And the other reason I had to make the film was because I was blown away by Suzette's stance, her, her principled position to say, no, you can't do this, this is not right. Suzette didn't want to be the the public face of this issue. She didn't want to... Uh, you know, be a crusader. She she did this completely outside of her comfort zone, and I was really inspired by her resistance and her integrity. and And I felt like America needed to see what happened in this town, not only to to show how horrible cronyism is, but that it still happens all over the country. And we want to use the film to bring awareness to that, and hopefully bring an end to it. Into it.
1: Uh, Was there any artistic license taken, uh, Suzette, with your story? I mean, you had to have been... um, I mean, boy, you had some rough years. You leave a a bad marriage. um, You find a house. You fix it up. It's great. You fall in love. You fall in love with a decent guy who, who, you know, you eventually marry... But he is um, debilitated halfway through this fight. I mean, I don't know what kept you going. Is is all of that true?
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Every every minute of it is
1: is true. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So what kept you going?
3: Uh perseverance. I. You know, I'm just. I I don't know. I don't know what kept me going. Just because it was the right thing to do for the fight for the fort. Where we were, I mean, that was you know what the was the right thing to do, and uh,
2: just you know I had perseverance. I just kept plowing forward. Yeah. Courtney, I, I can't. Uh, it's hard to believe a movie like this could get made because you know we're, we we see the way Hollywood kind of treats a lot of these stories, and they they don't they don't want to tell stories like this where the government is doing things like this, and and these are real constitutional issues where you're teaching you know America in a in an in an interesting and entertaining way, a really sad story about what can do if government grows too large. How, how, did, how did this movie even get made?
4: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, making any uh, independent film is always uh, an uphill battle. Uh, my husband and producing partner, Ted Ballacher, and I, we formed our own company, Corchilla Productions, and our motto is making important ideas entertaining. And we set out oh. to make movies that you know, basically d- do just that, that entertain but inform and, and hopefully uh, ha- have an impact. And, um, you know, we we could have gone to studios and tried to partner with them, but it was very important to us to tell the truth and to make sure that the, the details of this story were laid out very accurately. It, 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 this was not Pfizer knocking on doors, <laughs> offering money to people to buy their homes. It, it was the city that wanted to push Suzette and her neighbors off of their land so that a developer could come in and build stuff that could benefit Pfizer and you know that, that that's that's an important detail it, it I th- I think oftentimes uh Hollywood you know always wants to blame one Entity. Uh, This is a very complicated story. It's a very complicated issue, and as I mentioned earlier, it's about cronyism. When when government and big corporations uh, team up, the little guy loses. And often politicians say, "Oh, we're we're for the little guy," And, and that's not the case when it comes to eminent domain abuse. And so, we wanted to make a film that accurately portrayed what happened in Suzette's neighborhood, and we wanted to put a human face on it, and it, it was a challenge, but so far we have uh, felt a lot of success and a lot of, an, uh, we've been embraced by, we, we sold out the uh, the Guard in New London, Connecticut, that was our world premiere on mm. uh, the 16th, 1,500 people showed up and bought tickets, oh, wow. we, we had to turn people away, uh, they're having encore performance, and we're in several cities throughout the nation, and People can find out littlepinkhousemovie.com if if we're playing in your city, and if we're not, you can bring the film to your town. And, you know, Glenn, we're finding that people, this is really resonating with people because everybody knows what home is. Whether you own a home or rent a home, everybody knows what that is and the importance of that. And uh, we're very hopeful that audiences will, will continue to connect with Suzette, n- not only for, for what she did, but um, for what she stands for, and as you said, it's a historic well, Supreme Court decision. And it really, it
1: really is, millions it, of
4: millions it, of homes.
1: You you did a you did a fantastic job on telling the story. I think it's really good. Well, thank
2: uh, you. Uh, last one, Suzette. I, I grew up in Connecticut. I spent many uh, summer weekends at Ocean Beach Park, right down the uh, street from where you where the story is told. Uh, I'm curious: Is after all of this happened, did you decide to stay in the area? Does, does it seem frustrating? Are you angry about it? What happened after the story?
3: Well, um, myself and my neighbors, we all bought homes in uh, other towns. None of us uh, stayed in New London, and um, oh. it's heartbreaking to um, see New London uh, do what it does to itself. You know, uh, with this eminent domain case. And are we frustrated? Yeah, I guess you could say we were definitely frustrated, yeah. And
0: uh,
3: yeah. Uh, like you said, unfortunately we lost and we all had to you know um, you know, have we had to have the houses worn down.
1: Hmm. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. The website, if you wanted to come to your town or to find out if it is in your town, littlepinkhousemovie.com. Well worth the time spent. Thank you very much for being a part of the program today. By the way, Connecticut continues to do the same thing, uh, and they are driving people out of their state. It's pretty amazing. Big news. Last two weeks, Simply Safe won the Editor's Choice Awards from CNET Magazine, PC Magazine, and Wirecutter. Three respected product testers. And they put Simply Safe through a battery of tests. They compared it to all the other home security products. And Simply Safe won every time. I've been telling you about Simply Safe for a long time now. I think it's the best home security system money can buy, hands down, and I've kn- I've known the founders, I know the people that work there. They're good, decent people, and now they protect over 2 million Americans. It's home security system that you will actually want in your home. The sensors are tiny, you won't notice them, but they notice the bad guys. Unbelievably easy to use. You control it from your phone if you want to, and here's the most important reason. It's comprehensive protection for all of your windows, your doors, and your entire home and 24 hours a day, 365 a year. Their professional alarm s- system monitoring is only $15 a month around the clock. No contracts and $15 a month. No strings, no wires. It's simply safe. Go to simplysafeback.com and take 10% off now. Get my discount of 10% at simplysafeback.com. That's simplysafeback.com.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck.
1: Last night um, I I gave a uh, speech for a celebration of Israel's 70th uh, at the uh, studio last night. Rabbi Lappin spoke uh, as well and He's going to be on with us. He 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 told a story about. Do you know why Yemen and uh, Sudan are are named? Where they got their names? It's the most incredible story ever. Wow! I, I had absolutely no idea. He's going to go on with us. When when you really understand history, everything just kind of snaps into place. We'll talk to him uh, coming up in an hour or so. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. There is so much to go over with Bill O'Reilly from the the border mess that is coming. The caravan is going to happen this weekend on the border here in California. Uh, We'll get his take on that. The latest in Washington. Also, uh, Joy Reid, Tom Brokaw, Bill Cosby. Wow, a lot to cover. Bill O'Reilly next.
0: Glenn Beck. Mercury. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck.
1: So what's the measure of human life? You know, this should be a gimme. This should be a no-brainer. But with the way we become so desensitized to the sanctity of human life, does anyone even know anymore what life means? We used to find these things self-evident. But since 2009, the United States is averaging 700,000 abortions per year. We're only four months into this year, and we've already killed 298,000 babies. Just this morning, over 700 abortions have been committed in the United States. Now think about that number, and then try to, try to answer that question, whether we even understand the value of human life. We should probably decide this pretty quickly because we're seeing in the U.S., or I'm sorry, in the U.K. with Alfie Evans, what we're seeing there is going to come here and become our reality. Democrats are poised to make big gains over the next two years, and they've already signaled that single-payer health care is going to be their top ticket item. That's what the U.K. has. And in the U.K., they're considered by progressives as the gold standard when it comes to single-payer health systems. America, you need to ask yourself right now, is that the kind of health care you want? If you want to know what they want for all of us, all you have to do is look across to England. Look at what they're doing. They're murdering today a small baby. Alder Hay Hospital is not only denying Alfie uh, medical care, Alfie Evans, his two-year-old kid, but they won't even let his parents take him home to die, let alone... Just put him on a helicopter that the Pope has provided and let him go to, uh, to another country, Italy, to be able to be possibly saved. They're now saying that unless his parents have a, quote, sea change in attitude, they're not going to allow Alfie to go home. Are you kidding me? Their son is dying. The state is killing him. And they expect Alfie's parents to have a good attitude. Who the hell do you think you are? well let me tell you who they are as it turns out alder hay hospital has a long history of treating their patients as little more than cattle in 1998 a heart specialist at alder hay accidentally revealed during an inquiry that the hospital was storing in bulk children's organs now these organs were being held without consent from the parents alder hay hospital was harvesting the organs from dead children They were also caught selling human tissue to pharmaceutical companies in exchange for cash donations. Why? Because universal healthcare doesn't work. But what they didn't sell, they stockpiled. Alder Hay had 2,080 children's hearts, over 800 other organs, 400 full fetuses. A pathologist at Alder Hay was even accused of keeping the head of a baby in a jar. And none of this was done with parental consent. When the story came out finally in 2001, distraught parents begged for their baby's organs to be turned over to them. Many of them held a second funeral. One woman had to bury her baby's heart, lungs, and esophagus. You see, this is what you get when the state controls health care. This is what you get when there's no higher authority. This is what you get when you have to sit down and take it. It's evil. Your choice is being taken away from you. How long does it take for the state to see its people not as human beings, but as a resource, as livestock? And this is what the progressives want for us here in the U.S. Get ready because the debate for single-payer health care is coming it's coming in the next 24 months and when that debate debate begins you better believe they won't mention the story of alder hay hospital or alfie evans we're going to have to do it for them
0: it's friday april 27th you're listening to the glenn beck program
1: the one the only Bill O'Reilly is uh, joining us now. Bill, any, any thoughts on, on this hospital and what's happening over in England?
5: You know, this isn't the first time that the uh, British authorities have basically said our posture is that if a child or an elderly person cannot survive, um, if we deem that to be true, then we're not going to do anything to elongate the life. That's what it's about. And they're not going to deviate out of that. The, the atrocity, though, is that, as you pointed out, the Vatican said, look, we'll care for the child. You know, we believe that life um, is sacred and there is a cycle of life, birth and death, and that we'll take care of the child at our expense. So why would the British authorities say, no, you can't do that? That's when you get into real oppression, um, but I, I want to address your remarks about America. Um, you know, we, have, we live in a climate now where there are a substantial number of American citizens who simply reject any kind of debate or any kind of alternative view on abortion. Uh, and they say, well, I know. See, I know when life begins. And it doesn't begin until this date. I know. And then you look at them and you go, how could you possibly? No, nobody knows that. All right? And human DNA and all of the science says that life begins on conception, and 95% of the doctors in the United States will not perform abortions because of that. Did you know that, Back 95% will not uh, perform abortions?
1: I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know
5: that. 95%, I- according to the AMA, uh, of American doctors will not do the procedure. So that's pretty strong evidence, I think. But if you present the evidence, then you're misogynist. You're against reproductive rights. You hate women. And the New York Times has taken the lead on this. They're the lead um, media outlet that promotes abortion as a civil right, not uh, an issue to be discussed, not an issue to be, as Bill Clinton once said, you know, rare. We should, we should be fired. Everybody should be going to, together to make abortion rare. She pointed out it's not rare. In some circles, it's used as birth control. I know uh, a woman who had six abortions and she doesn't want to use birth control. And when she gets pregnant, she just goes down and has an abortion that Planned Parenthood sets up for her for free. And um, so all of this stuff is in play. It's all real. And you've got to, you know, to get people's attention to talk about something this horrendous um, is very difficult because we live in an age of narcissism where people don't want to pay attention to that.
1: So, Bill, let me let me go back to Alfie Evans, because I've I don't know if you saw what the police have put out, um, but they they issued a, a tweet that said, I would like to make people aware that these posts are being monitored And remind social media users that any offenses, including malicious communications and threatening behavior, will be investigated where necessary, and it will be acted upon. Um, That's not the only one that they put out yesterday. They put out uh, a few of these, saying, we're watching your social media, and we will uh, come after you. Uh, This is getting more and more uh, Big Brother-esque. And controlling of the life, and I I wonder if it would happen. Let me just
5: jump in here and put it into some kind of perspective. I I don't disagree that the British authorities could not care less about the life cycle. I mean, it's clear they don't. It's a secular country; they don't believe in religion over there. I mean, their main religion is the Anglican faith, founded by that great theologian Henry the Eighth. Okay, so I don't want to be disparaging, but they don't care about religion but what the police did was because of this hospital the uh people running the hospital are now have been threatened their lives have been threatened and that's what this is pretty much all about
1: so i would like to know what you would do bill o'reilly if you had baby you know alfie o'reilly i,
5: I would have gotten you were out of in, that system I have a friend, Graham Barker, who is a physician in Great Britain. I, I lived there for a year. And uh, Barker is a private physician. He doesn't take government uh, subsidies of any kind. But you've got to have money to pay him. Um, and these people don't. So but say that, you're, say, say, the, that you're
1: not, say that you're not Bill O'Reilly's you know, wallet, right. and you are th- his parents. What would you do?
5: I would go to Italy. I'd take a, I would take for a long time ago, because this is not the first time this has happened. So as soon as the diagnosis came down from the hospital that your baby's gonna die and we're not gonna elongate the baby's life under any circumstances, the next day I would have been on a plane or a train to Italy and to appeal to the Vatican because the Vatican will help. So that's what I would have done.
1: Do you think people do you think this is coming here and people will No, I don't I don't think
5: it's coming here for constitutional reasons. I don't think you're ever gonna have euthanasia here. I don't think you're ever going to have uh, a system whereby uh, the government prevents you from going to Rome to save your baby or elongate the baby's life. I don't think you'll ever have that because of constitutional issues. Our Constitution is much stronger than Britain. Um, so, but what I think that there is going to be a struggle about, and, and it's a shame, is this abortion business. Um, because if you are pro-life, if your religion or your morality dictates that you believe a baby is a human being on conception, now it's allowed that the other side can attack you and demonize you and and try to destroy you. That's really the essence of this. Um, We live in a society, the Supreme Court has ruled Roe v. Wade that abortion is the law. OK, but to attack people, to try to harm them because they hold in a poison point of view, as the liberal media does, is disgraceful.
1: Uh, back with Bill O'Reilly here in uh, just a second. Also, earlier this week, I talked to Dave Rubin about abortion. He's a guy who used to describe himself as a progressive uh, a year ago. He started down this road and uh, he is still pro-choice. But we had a fascinating conversation about he recognizes uh, that he's being hypocritical in some ways. And he kind of hinted that I, I know I'm going to be moving, uh, at some point more with Bill O'Reilly in just a second. We have to cover the end of the Korean war, which much to many people's surprise is still going on. We'll have that coming up next. All right. I want to tell you a little bit about filter By, and thank you filter By, for being one of our sponsors. Um, this is a this is a company that makes uh, air filters for your home it also makes it for your office um u.s companies lose about 250 million dollars a year due, due to employees just having allergies and some places it's horrible in texas it's awful we have to keep our filters clean at the studio because there's so much pollen in the air and everybody just suffers so badly so what do you do Think of the difference you would make at home, especially when you sleep, and also at your office if you run a business, just by changing your air filters. And the air filter, the leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses, is FilterBuy. They make it easy for you to improve the quality of the air that you breathe. They save you money because it reduces the wear and tear on your HVAC system. All of the air filters made here in America and shipped for free within 24 hours. And you can even set up auto delivery if you want, and you can save 5%. You're never going to need a reminder again to change your air filter. So here's the deal. Right now, they have over 600 uh, sizes that are available, custom options if you need one. You're going to find the right filter for your home or for your business. So change your filter now. It's filterbuy.com. Filterby.com.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck.
1: We have so much to talk to Bill O'Reilly about uh, before the end of the hour. The end of the Korean War, Bill Cosby, the migrant caravan that's on our border now, Uh, Joy Reid, Ronnie Jackson, uh, Tom Brokaw, just a lot to cover. Bill, let's start with the end of the Korean War last night. Yeah, the
5: reason this happened, uh, I just posted this on BillO'Reilly.com, message of the day, Beck, which I know you eagerly read each morning to to imbue yourself with wisdom. Uh, Oh, my gosh, to Stew what that means um anyway <laughs> here's what happened you ready for what really happened yes so the chinese told the little rocket man hey you're bad for business bud and you're gonna knock it off and if you don't knock it off we're stopping the oil flow into your uh, little kingdom there and everything will uh... collapse and you will be killed all right so that's what the chinese said to the little rocket guy all right so he pulled up his short pants, and he said, I better do something here. And uh, it's not going my way. Nobody's on my side. So I'll get back in the spotlight by seeming to be reasonable. First, I'll agree to uh, meet with President Trump, which is like a big win for me, because I'm no one, but he's the most famous person in the world now. Um, and secondly, I'll uh, run across the, dem- the militarized border and embrace my counterpart in South Korea and say the Korean War is dead. All of this is happening to fulfill the narcissism of Little Rocket Guy. Um, But that's okay, because it's a benefit to the world if it all plays out. And I think it will, because China has had enough. They don't want the world economy roiled because of this little nut. And that's what's happening.
1: So what does it mean, that the end of the Korean War? What does that mean? The
5: Korean War was never really, uh, there was never a treaty. It was a stalemate, as you'll remember. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing killing the rising sun. I mean, after uh, World War II, um, the communist North and the uh, capitalist South uh, faced off, and then they fought, and America came into the war on the side of South Korea. China came in on North Korea, but nobody won. So they just stopped fighting no treaty so now it looks like little rocket guy is going to ask for a formal end to the war which is
1: 65 years old now and so that, will again, that mean will be the, a good thing is this a, a like an end to the wall or do you think that yeah, it could be it could be the berlin situation
5: they could have, but the problem for Little Rocket Guy is, and why I don't think the, uh, the wall will come down, is because as soon as it comes down, everybody in North Korea will leave. He'll be alone. Yes. All right? Yes. So they'll all go, yay, see you. Yeah. And yeah. South, Korea, South Korea doesn't want that, because yeah, then they'd to defeat a, them all. China no, right, doesn't that, want that. So it'll probably still remain the same, but the level of, uh, of threat, from north korea will drop at least in the short term bill uh, so is there a quick question here
2: if you're going to use the nickname shouldn't you use it with the elton john song you're calling him little rocket guy is there a reason you're not calling him
5: better than rocket man because i don't consider this guy a man okay you know a real (laughs) man doesn't doesn't murder people and doesn't starve his own population. Okay. So little rocket guy, I think is just even more <laughs> right. insulting. And, right, okay. and
2: part two, the second part of this is, yes. uh, do, if you have, uh, are you concerned that everyone declares peace in our time? We pull out our troops, everyone's pulled down their defenses, and then, then North Korea can go into South Korea without any opposition.
5: Well, we're not going to pull our troops out, number one. That'll never right. happen. Because uh, you just need them there strategically. You need the air bases because of China. So that's never going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, look, the guy, you know, he's crazy, could do anything. But at this point, it's a big win for Trump. Of course, that's why the liberal media is playing it down. Um, yeah. You're not going to see it. Uh, this will be a one-day story. And then, we'll, look, the best thing that Kim Jong Un could have done, as I pointed out on BillO'Reilly.com, is gone to South Korea with Stormy Daniels. <laughs> All right, <laughs> If he had done that. They would have covered massive it. coverage. <laughs> <everywhere>. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes. Stormy, it, would it's really great. amazing. It, it's Stormy really amazing. Would have done it. <laughs> how, how do you? How do you not recognize this as a Trump victory?
5: Well, they don't want, you know, of course it's a Trump victory. Because China knows that Trump is going to give them a hard time unless they cooperate on North Korea and the, and the uh, trade imbalance. China knows that. Obama, Obama couldn't care less. They, they can do whatever they want to Obama's in Hawaii. Trump's a different guy.
2: Isn't the reason, though, that we don't recognize it as a Trump victory is that it's not yet a victory, right? It's well, it's a step okay, in the right but direction.
5: you, Stu, don't you want the story still. to be covered? Oh, absolutely. Yes, okay? of course. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you go out now and you talk to the American public about, hey, did you see what Kim Jong-un did today? And they look at you like, what? What? <laughs> what? And then you said, he was with Stormy Daniels. Really? Really? <laughs> It's true. You
2: put Stormy you. in the middle of this again. That's why Rodman. That's the only time North Korea ever gets covered is when Rodman went over there. If you throw yeah, Stormy in the Yeah, I middle mean, of this. I
5: think they threatened that he was going to go back, and that was another reason why
1: they're. Uh... <laughs> oh, Bill! Bill Are you happy Bill, with Bill, that Bill, analysis, Bill, Bill. Beck? I think that's. The I best. no, I think as I, I think you know, I think it's. I think it's pretty good, Bill. I think it's Thank pretty you. good, and I, I, I take. Uh, I take a little bit of umbrage, if you will, with uh, Stu here on mm. it's not really a Trump victory because it's not done yet. Yeah, it's not. And I don't want to declare peace in our time. I don't want to be Neville Chamberlain. But it is it is movement that we have never seen before. And you know, if anyone else were president, we would not be seeing this movement. Now, how it ends, I don't know. But today, it's a victory.
0: Glenn Beck. Mercury.
1: Life is all
2: about making the right decision in big moments. When you have that huge thing going on in your life and you can go one of two paths, it's important to choose the right path because it doesn't matter how many small choices you make that are right in those other moments. If you make the wrong choice at a big moment, it's going to burn you for a long time. I can give you a good example of this, real estate agents. If you pick the wrong real estate agent and then you have to go through selling or buying a home, it can be a mistake that haunts you for a really long time. That's one of the reasons Glenn and his wife Tanya started realestateagentsitrust.com. They were trying to sell their house. They were frustrated with it, and they thought there's just got to be a better way to get this done. What they have come up with is a system to screen real estate agents for people who share your values, listen to the show, uh, and, you know, have great marketing plans and know how to do this better than anyone. They have 1,200 agents all across America. You just put your location in there, and you get the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the
0: Glenn Beck Program.
1: So I would. We have Bill O'Reilly on, and I would like to ask him. Uh, no bloviating, bloviating word of the day, Bill. Yep. Okay. Uh, we have a we have a lot to go o- over. Let's start with the migrant caravan that mm-hmm. has n- now reunited in Tijuana, and they're plas- uh, planning on crossing the border together this weekend um, and come into the United States illegally.
5: Yeah, not going to happen. Mexican police will stop it.
1: You don't, you, you don't think that uh, America is going to have to get involved in something like what's happening with the Palestinians? No.
5: I think that the Mexican government, again, this is because of Trump, is so scared of him. Yeah. That, uh, and NAFTA is being uh, renegotiated, as you know, right now. So those
1: people, are, you know, they'll have brunch mm-hmm. and then they'll uh, go home. Why wouldn't the Mexican government have stopped it beforehand? I mean, if, well, they did. if they we, we knew that... Uh, they broke it up in central
5: Mexico, and there's you know yeah. a few diehards, but not that many. But they did break it up after Trump said, you better break there it up. S- or uh, you 600 know, of
1: them. Yeah, I believe there's 600 of them.
5: I don't think so. I don't think there's that many. There may be 200 or whatever. It's a stunt. Um, but the Mexican police are pretty tough, and they're not going to let these people... Uh, get to the border that's a big border crossing by the way um and i i predict i could be wrong that the uh demonstrators won't even get close to the border
1: that would be great if that were true um let's go to uh, joy reed do you know joy reed i do not never had the pleasure of meeting the woman okay she first said that her website was hacked well, no no For she first said that she has made homophobic statements in the past then she uh said that her website was hacked and the homophobic posts were fabricated now we know after some forensics that uh this would have had to be a really sophisticated hacker that could have seen the future because the library of congress um, uh, went and archived all of the blogs at, at the time in 2006 and these these posts were on the blog at that time So unless they went back and fabricated them, either broke into the National Archives as well, or uh, they uh, fabricated at the time, hoping that she would become famous and all of this would matter. Uh, (laughs) Looks like she wrote them.
5: Yeah, it looks like she wrote them. So now we have a far left person who doesn't like gays or at least didn't like them. And uh, that's what we have. And that's, I think, the truth.
1: And so what is what should happen to her?
5: You know, uh, NBC is probably going to just ease her out. That's usually what happens in these big organizations. Um, But I really can't predict what will happen other than she's lost credibility among her core believers. So that's not a good thing for her.
1: Okay, there's the breaking news uh, stations. Uh, Breaking news, Bill O'Reilly uh, seems to uh, claim that Joy Reid has believers. Uh, oh, I didn't, yeah, sure. I didn't that even MSNBC know she was cult, even on TV.
5: You know, that that MSNBC cult, they should move to Eastern Oregon, where the Rajneesh guy was at one time. <laughs> and they can live there all together.
1: That's what I would like to see. NBC seems to be having trouble. Talk to me about Tom Brokaw. You know, I know Brokaw for a long time. As I
5: told you uh, when I had to deal with this, Um, there are two things that are in stone. Number one, you take each case on its own. You do not generalize about anything. Number two, nobody really knows what happened because nobody was there other than the principals who lodge accusations and those who deny. Um, So when you keep that into perspective, um, the other bit of wisdom that I gave you and Stu was that every single prosperous man in this country is at risk. Not one man in America who's prosperous is not at risk. Now, I don't know what happened with Tom Brokaw. I hear rumors every day of, of 30 famous people that are going to be accused um, of stuff, uh, misconduct, all right? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, I always feel bad when, when lives are, are disrupted this way because it happened to me, and I know how painful it is. Bill Cosby. He
1: was found guilty yesterday.
5: I think justice was served. I think he did it. Um, I think he's got a shot on appeal, though, because the state, uh, the prosecutor's office, I mean, they they did some pretty underhanded things. But I think the jury's verdict uh, is correct from what I can see as a journalist covering it.
2: It doesn't seem there be a, a significant line between a lot of these accusations and the Cosby situation. And that Co- Cosby's case goes to court. There's an actual proceeding. He's found guilty. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of accusations uh, about people, and there have been very few of these supposedly illegal acts that have actually been prosecuted, including even Harvey Weinstein.
5: Yeah, well, again, I mean, it's up to the authorities to bring these cases. But I can tell you there's a big story in New York City right now. Um, the city government had to deal with 1,312 complaints of sexual harassment from July 13 through 2017. 1,312. 221 were substantiated. So this is a complicated situation, all right? Uh, And it's a situation that is uh, brutal um, because women and men should not be abused by anyone in power but there are also a lot of false accusations in this world
1: so let's talk about an accusation that's not being covered really uh the clinton campaign effectively laundering eighty four million dollars during the 2016 election mm-hmm. the press is is up in arms over uh what a hundred and thirty thousand dollars Uh, And has this violated campaign finance? 130,000 to Stormy Daniels, which I think if it's true, it's a big deal if it broke any laws. But this is 84 million dollars and they can't seem time to report on this.
5: You know, look, the Clintons from day one have gamed the system. And I told you guys this. I have a foundation, a charitable foundation named after my parents. And we over the years have given away millions and millions of dollars. I have never taken a cent from that foundation. The New York Times trying to hang me, uh, investigated that foundation every which way and they found it was clean and beneficial. Of course they didn't print that. All right. right but we knew right. they were investigating because my attorneys were giving them all the documents they asked for. They wanted to tie that into that I was the worst person on earth. Now, Clinton Foundation has raised hundreds of millions of dollars hundreds of millions and that's provided the clintons themselves with money with uh private jets with writing off pretty much everything they've ever done they game the system they game it and you know you're right who cares about that does jeff sessions care about that i don't think so i haven't seen anybody in the justice department caring about it you know if trump hates hillary so much why doesn't he get on it
1: Right, know. but this isn't. This isn't uh, th- even the Clinton Foundation, which I agree with you. Boy, there is so much smoke there that yeah, something's the, got to be on fire. But this to
5: give the folks, to give your listeners, that, that these people game the system, Whitewater, and it's not, you know they game it. All right, they they look at it and they say, how can we use the system to enrich ourselves? So yeah, uh, it should be looked at, and but who's going to do it? Is Jeff Sessions gonna do it I don't think so but maybe I'm wrong
1: Uh, let's talk about Ronnie Jackson Ronnie Jackson was nominated to be the head of the VA he was the president's doctor not the crazy doctor the 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 doctor that looked over the president and the last president Uh, both presidents have spoken highly of this man yeah Obama it was completely silent as they eviscerated this man's credibility yeah, because, you know,
5: that's his modus operandi. He's not jumping in the fray. Um, look, anybody attached to Trump, if Trump likes you, then the media is going to try to destroy you. I mean, that's part of the uh, Me Too movement as well. Um, if you're on the side of Trump or, or perceived to even be fair to him, uh, you're going to, they're going to try to get you. So, Ronnie you know i don't know what ronnie did he's an admiral he served his country well as you pointed out three presidents you know he was uh, w's uh, physician too loved the guy um but apparently he had a few too many one night and uh that was it bang they got him and he's gone
1: and that's it for ronnie kanye west any thoughts
5: i was in an elevator with him one time Do you know that no, I I did not. Know yeah, that. Madison Square know. Garden. It was me, Kanye, and two of Kanye's seven foot bodyguards. I could barely get in. Kanye right. had short pants on, and he, he's about five foot seven. Uh, mm-hmm. But these guys were really big, and uh, uh, we didn't really uh, have a lot to talk about.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't but, I don't know if you've been following. I don't know if you've been been following what he's been saying oh, yeah, on Twitter really this sure. week. Yeah, yeah. He likes Trump. You know, he likes him. So Kanye's got a new record, and
5: what better way to have everybody turn their attention to Kanye than to say, I like Trump. And then, um, there... you know, John Legend, that, uh, who's going for a Ph.D. in political science, I believe, um, tweets, <laughs> tweets, Kanye, how can you turn on? It's like this. You're so brilliant. I love you, but you have to hate Trump. I love you, Kanye, but you have to hate.
3: I can't love you.
1: That was uh, John Legend. Sounded just like him. Wow, right? that was very good. I that thought you very were very playing good. a recording. Yeah, thank though. you very much. So so yeah. do you think that there's anything to be said? Uh, Dave Rubin, I was talking to Dave Rubin and uh, Ben Shapiro this week, and they both seem to believe, and I, I fall into this category, that, you know, what he's done is he's breaking a cultural barrier he's speaking to people that are not involved in the everyday back and forth and all he's saying now is don't we have a right to have a different opinion why why i'm just saying this in love i like hillary i like trump i don't like everything trump does i don't i don't agree with everybody on everything but don't we have a right to have a different point of view i think that's
5: you don't have a right to have a different point of view if the I... Hollywood elite say uh, that somebody's bad, it ha- they have to be bad, or you don't work, or you can't go to a restaurant, or, and we hate you. I mean, that's, that's what's happened in this country. Come on, we all know it. So, you know, Kanye can uh, say what he wants because he has tens of millions of dollars, but if Kanye were a character actor and was just trying to go for a few roles to keep his uh, mortgage paid, he couldn't say what he wanted, and that's the truth
1: bill o'reilly the no spin zone continues i I gotta give one
5: plug before you dismiss me and go on to whatever else you do on this well i'm gonna dismiss you like a yes we announced the new killing book this week it's killing the ss the Uh hunt for the worst war criminals in history killing the ss the hunt for the worst war criminals in history yeah, you, know, you can pre-order it. I've already pre-ordered you and Stu copies. I've already done that, because I know you want to You know, read. I
1: don't have a yeah. single copy from you signed.
5: Okay. I have, well, I have a, quite an autograph collection. It. I'm stamping it. I'm doing everything. <laughs> no,
1: you, no, this,
5: you we, What we found out about after World War II and these SS... Uh, I, I don't even know what the word is. They're so evil. Monsters. And how they escaped and who helped them and then how they ultimately got tracked down... Is amazing. So anyway, we want everybody to go to BillO'Reilly.com. Check that out. There's a little commentary by me. I always post. If you just came in late for the Beck Stu O'Reilly confab, I always post, and you do too on the Blaze. Our conversation, so people can hear the whole thing.
1: Yeah. All no. Right, I'm no. Bill, Back. I can go now. No. I, well, I'm not done. I mean, okay. did it? Was Hitler in Venezuela? Did he? Did he?
5: Uh, no. But very big guys close to him. Got away. Away. And I'm not going to give it all away, but one of them, Martin Borman, it's unbelievable what happened. And the final chapter of this book I'm never talking about because it's so stunning that I don't want anybody to know until they read the book.
1: Um, But the final chapter. So you're like M. Night. This is like an M. Night book.
5: (laughs) M. Night Shyamalan. I'm telling you, Beck, you know me. I I always (laughs) lay it on a line.
1: I know, I know, I know. Okay, thanks so much, Bill. BillOReilly.com. And every Friday, Bill O'Reilly appears here, and we just kind of run down the news of the week and get his opinion. But you can get it every day at BillOReilly.com. All right. If you run a business, you know how hard it is to find great people. Especially if you're running a business, you know, by yourself as a small business, and you're just looking for, uh, you know, a position. You're like, I've, I've... I've got to make the donuts, and I've got to be HR. I mean, I just don't have time. Well, ZipRecruiter started a long time ago, and what they did is is uh, they would post to 100-plus job sites for you. So you only had to post once, and then the, it would post everything else. Well, ZipRecruiter knew there had to be a smarter way, and uh, there is. Now, with artificial intelligence, ZipRecruiter can learn what you're looking for it can identify the people with the right experience and the right kind of position for your job and invite them to apply now it's the invitations that have revolutionized how you find your next hire you can get a quality candidate in fact 80 percent of the people that use ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate in the first day but it doesn't stop there the ZipRecruiter, as you start having these candidates roll in, it spotlights the strongest applications that you receive. So, you know, if you're really in a hurry and you get a buttload of applications, these are all going to be marked as this one's really good, this one's really good, so you don't ever miss the right hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates. Right now, you can post your job for free on ZipRecruiter at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Remember, it's free if you use ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck.
1: Welcome to the program. Still to come, we have the amazing Dave Rubin. A great conversation with him, still to come. Also, Daniel Lappin, next week, the director of The Exorcist, who has put a new documentary together that said, uh, I just witnessed a real exorcism. I would have made The Exorcist differently now. Uh, And he says it's more terrifying than The Exorcist. We'll talk to him next week. Also, Mr. Pat Gray is going to be joining uh, the uh, broadcast program coming up uh, an hour from now on most of this network. If you want to hear uh, Pat Gray, he is back, and we thank you for his uh, for prayers on behalf of him as he was in kidney failure uh, last week. He is back on the radio uh, beginning today.
0: Glenn back, Mercury. Love. Courage.
1: Truth. Glenn Beck. So how's this for a headline that you might have missed along with the rest of America? The Hillary Clinton campaign effectively laundered $84 million during the 2016 election. Wait a minute. What? That's the allegation made in a lawsuit filed in D.C. federal court last week by a group called the Committee to Defend the President. Now, why is it a group of Trump supporters that have to do this? If you haven't heard of this, it's probably because last week's priority lawsuit was the one filed by Democrats against Trump and the Trump campaign, WikiLeaks and Russia. Now, to be fair, it is so darn hard to squeeze in the potential bombshell news about Hillary Clinton's campaign corruption with so much Comey, Russia, Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels updates to cover. I mean, what am I going to do? There's only so much time, America. Now, basically, here's how campaign finance is supposed to work. You want to give a candidate some money. You can give them up to $2,700 to any candidate you want. Well, it better be the right one or I'm going to unfollow you. $10,000 to any state party committee. And during the 2016 election, 33400 to the national party. Now, oftentimes, a donor will give one lump sum, let's say $100,000. So if that person wrote a check for $100,000, which, oh man, I couldn't think of a dollar more well spent than that. Let's say you wrote a $100,000 check to the Hillary Victory Fund, which was Clinton's joint fundraising committee. Now, under the campaign finance law, the Hillary Victory Fund would then have to distribute that money in the allowed amounts to the Hillary Clinton campaign, which would be $2,700, and the DNC, $33,400, and the remaining $63,900, i am just doing this off the top of my head, would be dis- um, dispersed to the state's party committees. So no more than $10,000 to any one state committee. That's what's permitted by law. Well, here's a shocking news flash boop, 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 boop. just off the wire. The Hillary Victory Fund apparently did not follow the rules. We've got to get big money out of politics, or just maybe live by the rules would be nice. Now, pick your jaw up off the floor, I know, especially if you're driving that that jaw could fall on the accelerator and oh, you could drive through a Denny's. The Hillary Victory Fund frequently received a big donation, like our $100,000 example, and would transfer, at least on paper, the correct amounts to the state committees. But then, the exact same amount was magically transferred back to the DNC, either on the same day or the next day. It's like magic, kids! Mary Poppins might have been working someplace at the DNC. The DNC then contributed most of those funds to Hillary for America, which was Hillary's campaign committee. See how they're laundering the money? (laughs) Kids and politicians will do the darndest things. The state committees often don't have records of having either received or sent funds in those amounts. Wait a minute! Now that's crazy, you crazy kids. And we would have got away with it if it wasn't for those crazy kids in their mystery van. Quoting from the lawsuit, quote, public statements from both the then chairwoman of the DNC, Donna Brazil. Oh, no! don't tell me she's involved. She she's always seems so credible and upfront. And Hillary for America chief financial uh, officer, Gary Gensler, confirm Hillary for America controlled the DNC's finances the strategy and expenditures wait a minute so they were both putting in and then having to ask themselves to do something illegal I find that hard to believe with the Clintons involved the funds raised through the Hillary victory fund ended up under the direction and control of Hillary for America that's pretty weird that is also the illegal part Money going from state party committees back to the National Party Committee is commonplace. Both Republicans and Democrats do that. But the money at the DNC, then flowing directly to Hillary for America, is what we like to call against the law. (laughs) Yeah, I know, like like there is any law anymore. For a, a year prior to the election day, the DNC also made at least 59 coordinated expenditures with the Clinton campaign which campaign finance law treats as contributions to Hillary for America. Those expenditures totaled $22.8 million. Now, I want to point this out because not only is it wrong and we need to clean up campaign finance, but the media is losing its mind over Michael Cohen's one hundred and thirty thousand dollar payment to Stormy Daniels, and whether or not it qualifies as a campaign contribution. And that is a big deal. I want that investigated. I want to know. It's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Is this a, is this an illegal contribution? It's it's kind of like uh, you know when they when they put our good friend Dinesh D'Souza in prison for a ten what was it a ten thousand dollar donation. I don't know, I think uh, 84 million dollars is worth at least a headline. Donna Brazil laid out much of this in a political magazine article last November, but the media yawned and went back to checking Trump's Twitter feed. According to the lawsuit, these allegations are built entirely on the FEC's reports filed by the Hillary Victory Fund, the DNC, the state Democratic parties. Political Magazine also reported on this scheme way back in June of 2016, but the mainstream media didn't bat an eyelid because they were full-on Trump panic mode at that time. Even Bernie Sanders accused the Clinton campaign of money laundering prior to the DNC convention. So the current lawsuit is not just another partisan attack. It's just left up to the people who support the president to say, hey, is anyone going to pay attention to this? So what does all this mean? Well, it means more than just the mainstream media is barking up the wrong tree. It also means for some strange reason, they don't care when it happens to the people on their side. They haven't learned a damn thing. And this is why the media will soon be out in the parking lot, kicking rocks, asking themselves, how did my empire fall apart? If there's one good thing that the Clintons are, are really experts at, well, you'd have to redefine good, but it's manipulating the flow of millions of dollars into their own pockets or their own organizations or for their own benefit. They're masters at it. Actually, the masterful part is their amazing ability to avoid ever, ever being held accountable.
0: It's Friday, April 27th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
1: We have Rabbi Lapin with us. The one, the only, Rabbi Lappin.
6: Glenn, your speech last
1: night went down so very well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, uh, we we were uh, gathered to celebrate uh, Israel's 70th uh, birthday. Uh, and uh, I, I was afraid, uh, Rabbi Lapin that, you know, I, I'm never one to bring to a birthday party. You know, I'm not the life <laughs> of the party. Said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, I had to be the, the speech was in our studios and I was supposed to be there last night. But I've been I'm being held captive here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and so I did. I couldn't read the audience because I couldn't see them or hear them, um, but uh, I'm glad that nobody was, you know, running for the doors after my speech.
6: No, not at all. Um, it really made the evening.
1: Um, Rabbi, uh, before we get into uh, some other things, and I want to talk about your speech, because I learned so much uh, history yesterday, as I always do from you. Thank you. Um, can we talk a little bit about the content of of what i spoke about last mm-hmm. night uh about the 12th imam mom and about what uh uh iran is doing uh, in surrounding israel and and how this looks like it's all kind of culminating around the anniversary and president trump's visit of may 14th yeah yeah are, are you are are people really aware of Of what Iran truly believes and what their motivation is for all of this? Well, uh, you know,
6: going back a a long a long time back, um, there was a guy called Pat Buchanan. I'm sure you remember. Yeah. And uh, Pat Buchanan wrote a piece. Um, I think it was published in the American Conservative back then. But basically what he said was in the in the aftermath of 9-11, he pointed out that what he called neoconservatives, which many people Uh felt was a um, code word for Jewish conservatives, um, were pushing President George W. Bush to um, sort of nation-build in the Middle East, which was sort of part mm-hmm. of the dream. of, Anyway, it caused a tremendous row, and, um, and many people felt that President Bush was sort of following the guidance, because many of the people like Paul Wolfowitz and, uh, and yes. Pearl, and many of those people who, were, who had the presidents here were part of what uh, Pat Buchanan called the, the sort of neocon crowd uh, people who read commentary magazine and uh, the weekly standard etc etc and at any rate um, the fact is that at the end of the day when we when we all look back on uh, on that period um, we ask whether the enormous expenditure of blood and money on uh, on the wars in in Iraq and um, and so on, were they really worth it for America? And um, I I don't think so because at the time I said I, that trying to turn um, a suburb of um, Baghdad or, or Damascus into a, a suburb of Kansas City is just not going to work because. Um, culture beats politics. Politics flows from culture, not the other way yes. around. And since yes. uh, the the, um, the, the, uh, the 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 pleasant and genteel surroundings, you know, of a suburb in, in, in Dallas or Kansas City or Charlotte, um, these are, uh, are are the result of hundreds of years of American culture built on hundreds of other years of British culture. And so the notion, anyway, the point is that um, a, a Fed service was done by, uh, by that period because today, whenever we speak about the very real threats posed by Iran, which you've been one of the few voices doing eloquently and effectively, uh, the reaction on the part of a lot of people is, oh, you know what, we don't need any more wars in the Middle East. George Bush did enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact is, they're completely different. Uh, in in my in my personal view, uh, I do think that much of what uh, George Bush spent and expended in blood and money was a waste because Iraq is no better today than it was uh, on nine eleven.
1: And we may have and we may have lost um, uh, the uh the opportunity to now make a strong case for real true evil um that is and I, and I don't use that word yes yes um I, I don't use the word evil uh lightly but i i do believe they are in an end times uh game uh, those who believe in the 12th imam the and they are talking about it right now their 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 leadership in the uh, republican guard are talking about the return of the 12th imam uh and and the chaos that they are causing and they are orchestrating now the palestinians on the on the gaza uh, border of israel and uh, you know that's only going to get worse especially when the president opens up the new uh uh the embassy there in Jerusalem, um, and and God bless him for that. My
6: goodness, and uh, and also, I mean, for pardoning Scooter Libby, that took some guts. That's something George W. Bush should have done, but didn't.
1: Rabbi, last night you gave a speech and you talked about why Israel or why Jerusalem uh, is uh, so important, or what it was built on. And you gave a a little bit of history of uh, the Middle East and Yemen and Somalia. I had never heard any of this before. Um, Start quickly with just the... Is it already 20 after? Oh, my gosh. Hang on. Yeah, let me me, uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back. You have to tell this story. I've never heard this history, and it really puts things into perspective. We'll do that here in a second. I thought my clock was wrong. All right, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this, F-Hour. Uh, if you want your home sold on time and for the most amount of money, right now is the time to sell your house. If you're thinking about it, just just contact they're gonna They're going to find the best real estate agent in your area, the one who is just like you, they're fans of the show, they share your sensibilities, they share your values, but they're also hand picked and fully vetted for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record in your area. It's crucial that you have somebody who is the best in your area. Thousands of families have already put realestateagentsitrust.com to the test, and the results are remarkable, and you can find out yourself why and how things are working out really well for people who are going to realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're moving to another area, if you're trying to sell your parents' house, or you are just want to sell your house or buy a new one. You need the people that will make that happen the easiest and the quickest way, the most painless way, and somebody who's going to make the most amount of money for you. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com.
0: Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck.
1: You spend any time uh, reading or listening to Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and I guarantee you, you will learn more from him than anybody else. Uh, usually, anybody else that you've ever met. Uh, RabbiDanielLappin.com. RabbiDanielLappin.com. Uh, Rabbi, tell me, uh, tell me quickly ab- about the reason w- Israel is different and how it has affected the Middle East. Yeah, sure. Although. Um, I, not to sound sycophantic
6: or anything, but I've, I'm always astounded by you. 99 out of 100 celebrities who had to um, do their speech remote by satellite, as you did last night, you'd have done your speech and then taken off in any event. You were in a time zone where you, it was inconvenient. And uh, and I can't believe, I mean, in the last few minutes, I've, I'm trying to wrap myself around the idea that you stayed online and heard my speech coming off the I, board. I, I,
1: Rabbi, I wouldn't I would not miss your speech. I mean what I just said. I I've learned more from you than uh, than I've learned from most people. I think you are one of the brightest uh, uh most well-spoken history teachers and and theology teachers I have I've ever I've ever encountered.
6: Well, thank thank you very much indeed, but I'm astounded that you <laughs> you stayed online to listen to what went on. But okay, to answer your uh, uh, to answer your question. Yeah. Uh I pointed out that, um, that, uh, well, I started off speaking about Mombasa, which is a a city I used to know on the east coast of Africa, from which um, trading ships 3,000 years ago used to travel up the east coast of Africa, and then they would turn into the Red Sea and then go up to the southern tip of Israel, which is now a lot. And there were, there were copper mines there, but there were all kinds. Of, basically, Israel was the, the center of, of the world in those days. I mean, everybody, Although there were obviously civilizations elsewhere, uh, Israel was where it sat. And I pointed out that ships that would go up, I mean, so far spread was Israeli culture that to this day, uh, Somalia and Yemen, which are on either side of the Straits, as you enter the Red Sea, were named by people after the Hebrew words for left and right. As you're heading up north, uh, Somalia is on the left, and the Hebrew word for left is Somal, and Yemen is on the right, and of course
1: the Hebrew word for right is Yemen. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, think of that, and the patriarchy continues. You're <laughs> naming countries, whole lands, Is it's? I had no idea. That's left, that's right. In Hebrew. Yeah, right. Uh, do do they know
0: that?
6: I, I, look, I mean, Somalia has raised uh, a barbaric piracy to um, uh, obscene new levels. So I'm not sure they're spending an awful lot of time delving into the uh, <laughs> demographics and and, um, and and study of their <laughs> of their language uh, and culture. But uh, but I mean, yeah, that it, it, it's it, you know it's known by people who know these things. And, uh, uh, and then I pointed out that, you know, the, I listed in a number of cities. After Speaking of Mombasa, I said there's, um, you know, there's, there's Naples, there's, there's Oslo, there's Paris, there's Quebec City, there's Rome, there's Stockholm, there's Tokyo. And I was, I was sort of playing around with, you know, choosing an alphabetical list of cities. But the main point was that all these cities are on water. And it's very hard to think of a significant city that's more than 200 years old that wasn't built on water. Had to be. And the city... That has shaped the destiny of Western civilization for never mind 200 years, but
1: 2,000 years is Jerusalem, which is almost unique in not on the water at all.
0: Glenn Beck, Mercury.
2: We all have ears, Uh, but I don't think a lot of us know what to do with them. Uh ears help us hear they help us communicate they're vital to the human civilization we've been able to come up with but we don't actually treat them all that well now do we you know hey uh, you need to clean the inside of your ear well let's use this uh cardboard stick with a little bit of fuzz on the end of it that's a q tip that's a terrible idea you need something that's actually going to condition your ears that's going to help you with that when your ears aren't clean they can get uncomfortable they're itch they can get plugged up it's it, they're kind of nasty Uh, And you need to make sure that they're clean with the right tools. WaxRx is the right tool. UseWaxRx.com is the place to go to get it. It comes with everything you need to clean out your ears safely and condition them as well. Go to UseWaxRx.com. You'll order your reusable ear wash system there, and they're going to hook you up with free shipping if you use the offer code RADIO. UseWaxRx.com, offer code RADIO.
0: You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Dave Rubin coming up in just a few minutes. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, Sam Power is back in the news. Love her. Uh, Sam Power is, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, What's her husband? Uh, Cass Sunstein's wife. She was also the one who brought us the, you know, really good Libyan and Syria Council. Yeah, the Uh, uh,
2: former U.S. ambassador as well to the U.N.
1: Yeah, she was wonderful. She was really wonderful. Did you see that Nikki Haley is now the most popular uh politician in America? She's had a great run here. She's had a great run. She is she's she's there have been three there have been with her now three, I think, outrageously great uh um, UN ambassadors in my lifetime. Gene Kirkpatrick, um John Bolton, and and, and now Nikki Haley. You forgot Sam Power, though. Of course, obviously, you meant to include her well, in this group. No, I really didn't forget. But here she is on uh, Barack Obama's red line.
7: In retrospect, I wish we hadn't gone to Congress um, with the the, at the in the red line moment when we had already committed to using force. Um, you know, I think that was actually a really pivotal moment um, where we we knew prior to that point that obama many of obama's critics were not at the level you know that things they were for on a monday if obama was for them on a tuesday they were then against them on a wednesday like we knew that and yet that decision to go to congress was made and people don't a lot of people don't believe this but in good faith in believing that given the number of people who, in response to this monstrous attack on 1,500 people, including several hundred kids, um, so many people had come out kind of calling for the president to act, you know, criticizing him for being feckless, and, and then the president turned around and said, okay, here, I, this is what I want to do, now we can do this together, and, and they basically, you know, kind of, you know, went for the, ran for the exits.
4: She,
2: she is right on that last part. I mean, I, you should go to Congress with these things. It's, yeah, it's, she it's, is. But it's her
1: surprise, mm-hmm. her surprise that Congress would be spineless is <laughs> is hard to believe. And it she's is. an educated woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she should have known. Uh, you know, so. I,
2: I think this happens though at times. I think the same thing kind of happened with Trump and Comey. You know, at the time everyone was calling for his firing. You know, the left and the right both could didn't like him. And they were all calling the left was on the the, the front lines for calling for him to be fired. And as soon as he fired him, I think they actually Trump fired Comey with the idea that generally speaking, it would be well received because so many people were out there saying he should be fired. Mm -hmm. And so Trump fires him and then they immediately turn their opinion around to the exact opposite and then started criticizing him for it, which, you know, I mean, at some level they perhaps should have uh, seen that coming. But I think that does happen with administrations. They may have gone into the Syria thing thinking they could get that through Congress, and they didn't. But when you don't, you have to understand, A, there's consequences to that, and B, you don't just go do it anyway. And I think our, every president seems to have forgotten that lesson. Uh, let's see.
1: I've got more audio, but there's also, I have an important story. I do, too. Uh, I'll give a... you mine real quick. And sure. Then, then you can go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida police have made a traffic stop the um the, uh, the the they they stopped there were two passengers in the car they were swerving in the roadway they were stopped by fort pierce police as they approached the vehicle they smelled marijuana well they said step out of the car and they searched the car and they found cocaine and marijuana in separate bags inside of a purse that one of the women had on their lap the police said mm-hmm. uh you know what about the cocaine and the she said, quote, I don't know anything about any cocaine, but it is a windy day, officer. I believe it must have flown through the window and into my purse. <laughs> apparently, uh, the police didn't buy that, and she's in jail today.
2: Uh, apparently, uh, so the weather is her fault? No, the weather <laughs> the, uh, is her yeah, fault. The,
1: she can now control the wind. No, I don't think that's ex- no, I don't think that's exactly what happened there.
2: <laughs> I like this story, uh, Glenn, because this this is something I think you and I can unite on. Um, there's a Texas uh, town that mm-hmm. is holding a 5K. Towns do this all the time. You know, they have these little 5Ks. You go run at them. You know, you have a it's like camaraderie of your community maybe you have a snack afterwards and 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 you know uh refreshments it's a nice way i think towns can build uh you know some community spirit and some camaraderie no, it's,
1: it's the, no it is it is nothing but a, a a communist or european scheme to get us all to adopt the metric system that is the <laughs> primary reason i don't run in 5k's really? just i want you to know
2: oh really cuz i i thought yeah. that the reason might be you know
1: you'd have to run 5k no, I said that it was the primary reason. <laughs> I, we, I refuse to adopt the metric system. That's my primary reason. My second is I am in such such a highly tuned physical shape yeah, that I think 5K is a little too much.
2: <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, a because, little bit. Because I think these events are actually kind of fun uh, with the exception mm. of all that running. Um, you know, my wife okay. runs them a lot and I have been able to partake in these events, which is uh-huh. just it, it winds up just being just the refreshments. You know, you're kind of out and you have a bunch of refreshments. Right, okay. Which I like it. But th- they're uh-huh. actually solving this a little bit in Texas. Instead of a five K, they're having a 05 K. Uh
1: Oh, wait a minute, I'm interested.
2: Uh, yes. The uh the running the entire distance of the race is one thousand six hundred and forty feet. Uh, it's, That's uh, fantastic. I I love it. Uh, now, what you will get when you're there is, uh, of course, beer. You will get a pint, a pint at the start <laughs> okay. of the race, which is... A good, Do you have somebody just jam it into your hand halfway through the race, it, too? It, it feels like it's like one of okay. those marathon people right. who get it from... I like that. And then yeah. uh, also, uh, you will get a, a pretentious .5K sticker to put on your windshield.
1: Oh, I want one. I want one of those badly. Oh, I want I got <laughs> to have it. I must have the 0.5k. Oh, I hate those people that have those on their <laughs> I want one. I need a 0.5k. I would even run a 0.10k. I do it. Which is smaller than i a- <laughs> I I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> All right, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Casper. The idea of falling into bed at night uh, has taken a whole new meaning since I started sleeping on my Casper bed. I... Have you ever gotten to the point to where you, you, you almost hate the idea of bedtime because you know you're just not going to go to sleep, and you just look at your bed and you're like, oh, jeez, I'm so tired, but I know I'm just going to lay in bed and it's going to be another nightmare all night. That is what has changed now that I have a Casper mattress. The engineers at Casper have outdone themselves. They have exceptionally comfortable beds, the best sleep experience you can find. Um, and you will find why it's not only my favorite mattress, but it will be yours as well. They have three unique mattresses that help you sleep cool and comfortable year-round. The Wave mattress, remarkable technology that is built right into it, and uh, it will relieve 36 different pressure points. So find your Casper mattress now. Try it out in your own home for 100 nights risk-free risk-free Casper mattress. Try it for 100 nights at Casper.com. Use the promo code Beck and save $50 on the purchase of your mattress. That's Casper.com, promo code Beck, and save $50. Terms and conditions do apply. See site for details. Dave Rubin is up next.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn
1: Beck. I had a really fascinating conversation with Dave Rubin the other day here in Los Angeles. And uh, I asked him, you know, how did the change happen? Because he's a guy who said, I used to be progressive. (laughs) A year ago, he proudly proclaimed himself as progressive. Now, not so much. I asked him, did you know what the word progressive really meant then?
8: I thought they were the good guys. That was okay. kind of the extent of it. Like things are going to be better because okay. they right. they say nice things. To right. people. I, mean, <laughs> okay. right. okay. I, I wish I could right. give you a better answer. Okay. Than that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's
1: fine. I think that's where most people are until yeah. they find themselves in a point to where the pain one way or another of what they're doing. I think we're fortunate because we have to have an opinion Yeah, and most people don't. And so they just kind of go along. But because we have to have an opinion, hopefully, we look at everything we say at the end of the day and go, was that,
8: was that really right? Yeah, and you the know? real beauty of that, of course, is that the more you do it and the more years that go by, the rubber keeps meeting the road in yeah. different ways. So suddenly you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought this about this, but if I want to really be intellectually consistent... I'm going to have to reevaluate that. And that's, and that's, I, why you. I, I find that. <laughs> Thank I, you. Took the, I, I took the that. same thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I realized I didn't know anything on my own. I didn't know anything on my own. Took everything out and said, I don't believe in anything. I, I am not pro or against anything. Started reading, started really doing my own homework. And then I put it in. I go, okay, I got it. And then when I would put another thing in that I thought I believed, if they were in conflict Wait a minute! One of these is wrong. You know what I mean? And how great
8: to get in there! Oh yeah, and do that.
1: You—it's so, your life becomes. I mean, it's five years at least of total hell. Yeah. You know the truth. The truth will set you free. <laughs> but about three and a half. Yeah. In right now. Yeah. Okay. Truth will set you free, but it'll make it, you miserable first. Yeah. Um, uh, but you then, once it all pulls into place, you have an easy time answering new questions because you're like, oh, well, okay, well, it fits, and and you just recognize it.
8: Yeah. What's nice also, real quick, is that you will find that you will be a better person. Yes. I am a better person now. I'm not a perfect person, and I still sometimes fall into some old traps and have old habits and all of that. But if you really start understanding this stuff and you understand why you think the way you do, you will try your damn hardest. yeah. And we're all flawed. Yeah. But you will try your damn hardest not to do those things. Yeah. So I think as I sit here at the moment, I, I'm the best person that I've been. I hopefully Good will be a much you. better person. I really I really do. Or a more refined person or whatever that is. But I'm trying. I, I can tell you I've never tried harder in my life to to live up to the things that I'm talking That's about. It's great. Yeah, no, it? it's really That's cool. It's great. Yeah.
1: So um, have you gotten to a place to where... Uh, uh there's a book uh that i read years ago called uh, blackmailed by history and it was about mccarthy mm-hmm. i thought i you know I, I got it mccarthy bad guy the whole blacklisting thing started reading it and it's it's all very well footnoted uh and i started reading it and i closed it because i thought if I go any further in this book, if I'm going to be intellectually honest, mm. it's going to change my opinion on all of these things. Do I want to even take that on at this point? Okay. And I decided I'm going to call into my research on the author first. And then I want to call him and I want to poke holes in him to see if he's a sound individual uh-huh. before I finish the book. I finished the book, and it changed. It changed a lot of what I believed. I believed in that, oh, America, and you're the government's... All that crap, you know <laughs> no. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, have you gotten to that place yet? Have you gotten to a place to where you thought, I don't know if I'm ready to look at that yet?
8: I don't know if I... H-
1: have, have you had well, any
8: of those? I don't know that I've gotten to place where it's... That I, I, I'm afraid to look. Because I've been looking, and I have difficult conversations on my show every week. And so, for example, I think one that we differ on is I am, I describe myself as begrudgingly pro-choice. I, I think it's a horrible decision that, that mm-hmm. a woman would have to make. I, I was know, I know, yeah. So I, I was pro-choice. I get it, believe me. And then all
1: begrudgingly my, pro-choice. Believe me,
8: all my conservative friends say this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was there, I was yeah, there. So yeah, now yeah. so now, knowing that I respect you guys and I know, yeah. and that you guys generally have clean way of thinking and all that, I have to see that. That thing yeah. that you caused you to close the book, I have to see that. And, you know, when I had Ben Shapiro on my show and he was making the, the pro-life argument, I was making the pro-choice argument, and my argument is nuanced, and I talk about I 20 weeks and because the fetus can then feel pain. But I acknowledge, at the same time, I'm acknowledging yeah. if you're saying it's a life at 20, it's obviously a life at 18. I get the, the inconsistencies there, and my my deference still goes to the woman who's, who's here and now. But we can do this again, and I know I we will, for no, sure. No.
1: Yeah, look, I am the one place that I know I'm inconsistent on yeah. is abortion. Because I make the exception for rape and incest, and I shouldn't if I were going to be consistent. Which show? I mean, but I can't. I
8: just it, and you know, I just can't do it. Right. But even the fact that you're acknowledging that shows that if you sat down here with the clearest pro-life thinker, they could probably get you there because you're already acknowledging the inconsistency. Now that yes. that little inconsistency, your yeah. your your hue what what you believe as your personal humanity may override that yes, logical yes. inconsistency. But we all live in that place. And that's why the media is so insane right now, where they say if you're pro-life, you hate women, and if you're pro-choice, right. you hate children. Right. And it's like, no, you're all liars and frauds. Yes. What is real is what is in your mind, and, and if you a believer in a higher power, how you operate within that.
1: What is frustrating to me, I can sit down with anybody, as long as they're honest, and they can say what you just did. Look, I know it's inconsistent. And I just said, I know yeah, it's inconsistent. We just conceded
8: something. I Correct. mean, both of us from Correct. a different place. Yeah. And
1: that's a good, healthy place. That is a country I can live in. Yeah. Um, where I can't live is when somebody says, uh, uh, I'm pro-choice all the way to the end. Well, isn't that a child that- What are we talking about, like seven through, months? I mean- Yeah, I mean, even partial birth abortion. Yeah. You know it's a child. You have to abort- in the birth canal because the moment it comes out it's illegal it's murder come on and you know where where you will have politicians who will say uh you know I won't answer the question if if my children were life you know and children before they were come on
8: But Glenn, think about what we just did right here in these three minutes, and this simply does not happen. We just agreed to disagree. We we both admitted inconsistencies in our own logic. This simply does not happen on the left. And if it does, please, anyone that's watching this, send me the people, and I will invite them. And most likely, Um, I have invited them because I invite these people all the time. But what I want—I'm not just going to have any crackpot— that's just screaming all day long. What I want is people that truly have a a consistent set of views, even if those are completely antithetical to everything else that I mean.
0: Glenn Beck, Mercury.